Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally, and I'm so proud of that. And I'm proud of it because it's all because of my incredible guests. I've been doing this for 15 years, and I have been honored to spend time with people who are at the top of their game, and they're passionate about helping you achieve your goals in both your personal and professional life. And they show up here holding nothing back. They're here to share the peak secrets of peak performance with us. And I know you'll find their insights both inspiring and actionable. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And today we have a really, I think, a really exciting topic. And we're talking about empowering women for success. Suzanne Peters' journey from bankruptcy to global impact. Now, if that doesn't grab your attention... I don't know what will. Suzanne serves as the CEO of Woman to Woman Academy, and she's the founder of the Woman to Woman International Network Incorporated, and her company focuses on personal growth and business development, catering to women seeking more fulfillment in life, and in addition to her roles, she is also a best-selling author, an international speaker, and a coach specializing in speaker development for women. Her coaching expertise lies in empowering driven women to harness their personal stories, their life experiences, and their voices to generate the income and the influence that they desire, which ultimately enables them to live life on their own terms. Now, originally hailing from the Caribbean island, I'm sorry, Suzanne, I really can talk today, kind of, sort (laughs) of, but she originally hails from the Caribbean island of Trinidad and Tobago, and I'm not sure I said that right, but she embarked on her entrepreneurial life journey, gee whiz, Denise, at the age, remember I told you at the beginning you were going to be doing much of the talking, now you know why. She embarked on her entrepreneurial journey at the age of 28, leaving behind a corporate career. And while facing adversity and experiencing a business failure that led to bankruptcy, Suzanne then fell into a deep state of depression and contemplated contemplated suicide. That freaked me out, I have to tell you. However, the encounter with someone else's inspirational story ignited a spark within her, and it motivated her to not surrender. So determined to overcome her challenges, Suzanne resolved to find a way to transform her life, and she vowed to share her journey <clears throat> Excuse me, with others once she succeeded. So having achieved her personal goals, transformed her life big time, and built a thriving business, Suzanne now dedicates herself to a mission of impacting the lives of 1 million women globally, guiding them, excuse me, guiding them on their own paths to personal and professional transformation. Suzanne, good morning. Welcome. And I'm so glad you're joining me today. And I'm losing my voice and I can't talk. So you do all the talking. (laughs) Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. You are so funny. (laughs) You know, and it's, 
I have to tell you, I don't ever edit this thing. So you're going to hear the cat screaming. You're going to hear me coughing. I'm sorry. That's I how... love it. <laughs> this is how life works. I've got a little foster fail cat. She's sitting at my feet. She's 18 years old. Oh, wow. And she had been with their, her original family in Mississippi for 18 years and came here with her, her two sons. And I found a home with mm-hmm. them, another family member. But She's eight years old and she's deaf. There was no way in the world I could not keep her safe here. So, but when she talks, she's loud. So just (laughs) bear with us. She sounds like a deaf little old lady, which is what she is. (laughs) Anyway, tell us a bit about you and your background that I might've missed because that's a heck of a story that I related. And you related so well. I was impressed. I said, wow, she's telling my story. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, when we talked during the pre-interview, I was fascinated. And then, you know, I went on a hunt and I started looking at what you're doing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So (laughs) here we are. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, you did make a lot of points from my story. But what I wanted to add is because what you shared there, that is my signature story. But of course, as humans, you know, we are made up of so many different stories. In fact, every day that we live, we are creating more stories. So that wasn't wasn't the only horrible experience or the only thing that caused me to shift my direction. There were a lot of other things in that including my abusive marriage that I found the strength to leave. So when you look at our journey or me looking back at my journey from where I started to where I was sitting on that floor, contemplating the best way to take my life. Can I share the other part of that story with you? Yes, please. Okay. So I had left my job, started my own business, and within three years, I realized my business was failing, and everything I had worked for over the years was just bit by bit being taken away. My vehicle was repossessed, furniture in my home was repossessed, and the last straw was when I came home one night and there was an eviction notice on my door. Because things had gotten so bad, I lost my money. I lost other people's money. I was in so much debt, I had no idea how I was going to get out of it. And that day when I came home and saw that eviction notice on my door, for me, that was the last straw. Because now I really didn't know what I was going to do. I can still remember walking into my apartment and just collapsing on the floor in tears. I was literally sitting there in tears, screaming, because I had had enough. And then suddenly, I got this bright idea. I don't know if you do this or if you used to do this, but when I was younger, I would take my phone out and I would put on YouTube and listen to some really depressing music whenever I was feeling dumb or upset or anything. This was a bad habit of mine. So I took my phone out and I sat there, tears still running down. And I put on some music that was supposed to make me feel better, but it was some really depressing music. So of course, it only made me feel worse. So as I was sitting there, I'm thinking, you know what? 
I had enough of this. There's no way I can win in life. Maybe, maybe I should just throwing the towel and just end my life. So while sitting there, I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea. What would be the best way to take my life? Now, while I was thinking this, like literally thinking this, asking myself this question, I kept being interrupted by the music playing on my phone because my phone was connected to my neighbor's Wi-Fi. So it's going in and out and it was just a distraction. So the Wi-Fi went out again, but this time I got up and I went searching my apartment looking for some pills and I couldn't find a single bottle, which was strange because I always had pills. I mean, people would come to me for pills for any type of pain or anything. That's to tell you how bad I was when it came to pills. But when I realized I couldn't find any pills, my next thought was to drink a bottle of bleach. Oh my God. I remember, yeah, I was desperate and I was looking for a way out. So I opened the kitchen cupboard and I looked at the bottle of bleach sitting under there. And the question that came into my mind at that moment was, would this bleach kill me or would it only hurt me? Because if it only hurt me, then I would still have to live with the embarrassment of people knowing I try to take my life. And that would have just been too much on top of what I was already dealing with. I wanted to know that when I did this, it would work for sure. So I took out the bleach and I rested on the floor and I sat back down. And as I sat back down on the cold white tiles, the Wi-Fi came back in just in time. But this time when the Wi-Fi came back in, I heard someone's voice say, there is greatness within you. Now me, in my state of mind at that point in time, when I heard that, I literally started to laugh. I laughed so hard because in my mind, I'm like, (laughs) you have no idea who you're talking to. You don't know me. And I started to laugh because I knew what I was thinking about doing. That person who was on the line was Les Brown. I realized later on that was the distraction I needed. I sat there and I listened to his story. Then I listened to Lisa Nichols' story. By this time, I am up on the phone in my hand. And I'm just going through listening to story, one story after the other, because listening to that one story made me feel so good. It made me feel hopeful of, you know, of something being possible, some type of change being possible for my own life. And I liked that feeling. So I ended up spending that entire night listening to people's stories, one story after the next, stories of people who came back from the brink, people who came back from sickness, people who came back from bankruptcy, who turned their life around completely. I fell asleep doing that that night. Next morning when I got up, I was no longer thinking about taking my life. Instead, the question was, how can I change my reality? 
that was a big shift for me because it was the first time I had ever asked myself such a question. That day, I remember getting down on my knees and thanking God for distracting me when he did. And I promised, I said, you know what? I am not going to give up. I'm going to figure this out. And when I'm due, I'm going to do just like those people. And I'm going to share my story everywhere, wherever people would listen. And that's when my life began to make a shift. Because the funny thing is, Denise, I didn't wait until my life changed to start to share my message of what happened. I started immediately. <laughs> I started sharing that epiphany I had, that reality check immediately. And because of that, I started to impact other people's lives. And there's something that happens when you focus on impacting lives. It's like you're focusing on giving. It all comes back to you. Soon, sooner than later, that Simply sharing other people, simply sharing my story with other people and impacting their lives. My life started to make such a big shift and it happened so fast. I didn't even realize what was happening at that point in time until one day I actually paused and looked back and realized how far I came. And I'm like, I'm the same one that got evicted. I'm the same one that lost everything, my business, my furniture, my vehicle. I'm the same one that was sleeping on a family member's couch. And even though I was sleeping on that couch, I was speaking positivity. I was sharing my message of hope. I was sharing the things I knew that I would manifest in my life. And today I live a beautiful life. I have a beautiful home, an amazing husband, a profitable, successful business. But then what started happening is I started realizing, wait a minute, I am not the exception. If I can make this decision and just change my life, so can other women. So when women started to come into me to ask for advice, I saw an opportunity to take the way I was impacting their life to a whole new level. Now, I help those women do exactly what I did, use their story and their life experiences, share it and build a complete business where they are able to live life on their terms. To me, when I look back today, I am still amazed of what is possible when you decide that you are not going to give up on yourself, that you would, that you are going to do whatever it takes to get to where you want to go. Because I did not have to be here today. I didn't. And whenever I talk about this, you know, it's hard to talk about your experiences and not get emotional. But at some, some part of me still wants to scream with both excitement, joy, but also just remembering the pain of where I was. It's something that doesn't go away. It remains a part of you forever. But that is the reason why I am able to do what I am doing today because of all of that. You get what I'm coming from, Denise? <laughs> I, I do. And I remember during the pre-interview, we talked about how your story can save someone's life. And I think 
people, I don't think, I know people who are listening to your very passionate story today might have a better grasp on why they're here, what they can be doing, how they can just do a better job of being themselves. And I have to tell you from the other side of the suicide story, mm-hmm. I'm glad you didn't do that, which should go without <laughs> saying. So am but- I. Yeah. But but the thing is, I lost a brother to suicide. He was quite young and we knew he was terribly manic depressive. And he was either high as a kite on life or he was we couldn't budge him with a vacuum cleaner. He'd get on the floor and just pass out. It was horrible to watch what he went through. And he started trying to commit suicide when he was a preteen. So we weren't surprised when he actually made it. But my but, That's sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I'm mad. I'm still pissed mm. off at him. And that's, I think, a part of what suicides don't think about, what they're leaving behind. I am still very angry yeah. with him. And you know how you, you know your mom passes or your dog passes? You talk to them all the time. I've lost my yeah. mom. I chat with her. I lost my beautiful Abby Rose a year and a half ago, and I still... I turn my head to look for I talked to I haven't talked to my brother in all these years because I'm ticked off wow so we grieve but we're also incredibly angry why did you do that so there's the other side my other side of it anyway so un- unless you just have zero quality of life which is about the only time I can think it might be mm-hmm. accepted to say hey I'm checking out I'm in too much pain you know I, I gotta go now but to me, suicide is so permanent and it impacts everybody, not it just does. you, you're gone, but it impacts yeah. all the people you left behind permanently, yeah. permanently. So now you've got two sides of that story. Mm. And I remember because I am the eldest of four girls and I remember thinking, oh, wow, how is my mom and sisters going to cope? But at that point in time, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the pain, like the disappointment, like everything you going through at that point in time, it just consumes you. I and it's imagine. all you can think about. Like, it's literally all. Because I remember thinking about them. And even though I love them so much, and I know the 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 impact it would have had on their life, it's like, the pain was so much stronger that it just had me there. That that was all I can focus on, you know? So <clears throat> I do understand. I mean, we talked yeah. with him from the time he was a young child till the time he, he finally just said he'd had enough. But we weren't surprised. I, I promise you yeah. we weren't. But as many years ago as that was, I'm still not speaking to him. <laughs> me, really. <laughs> He ticked me off. <laughs> so, and I'm laughing because I can now, but at some point I'll probably run across him in heaven. I'll probably punch him in the nose. It's like, all right. <laughs> you see, I've, I've got it if planned. I, if I was him, Denise, I would wait until at night when you're sleeping and come tickle your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect he shows up every once in a while and says something rude and then leaves. Who knows? <laughs> People, if when we love people, they're never really gone. I think we all know yeah. that they can leave. And this is your word, 
a major impact on us. And, you know, we would hope that those impacts would be what you're doing now, where you, you're connecting between you and your ideal clients and my audience. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've done some amazing things by not drinking that bleach. Mm And what I want people to know, because I have people all the time, they would say things, they would ask questions like, my story isn't important, or I don't have anything I can share to impact or empower other people's lives. And I would ask them, really, how do you know? Have you ever tried? Have you ever sat and think about your own experiences? And the thing is, your experiences doesn't have to be life-threatening. It doesn't have to be bad. I mean, you can have a pretty normal life and just decide you want more, you want better, and you just decide that, you know what, you're going to focus on not only making your life better, but also helping other people make their life better. And even as simple as something like that can make a huge, huge shift in not only your life, but in other people's lives. Um, For me, from what I've seen and the woman I have dealt with, it doesn't matter where you come from. Your background doesn't matter. Your experience doesn't matter. Even your story doesn't matter. This is one industry where there's a space for everyone, I would say. <laughs> and that's there not is- something you get to say all the time, right, Denise? Right. But there really is. And listen, that you and so many of my, all of my guests, really, you become my mentors. This is why I do this podcast every Monday and every Friday, because I get to meet people like you from all over the world with amazing stories and amazing business insights. And look, I'm a highly committed introvert. Anybody who listens to me on this show knows this. I mean, I rarely go outside cause I don't have to. <laughs> I, really don't. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> my groceries are delivered. I bought my car online. I bought my house online right after hurricane Katrina, you know, oh, Katrina, wow. Katrina. I bought it online. Didn't see it until that night after I'd already, you know, looked at it online and signed the papers. But I mean, it's not that I dislike people. I do like people for 59 and three quarter minutes, but they wear me out. <laughs> so, so I started this podcast 15 years ago because I really don't want to be isolated. I really don't. Mm. And this is such a perfect way for me to get to meet people from all over the world. I would never meet you in my local Walmart. I mean, it just, yeah, sure. you're in Georgia, right? You're in Savannah. Yeah. And- I am in Southwest Louisiana. We wouldn't stumble across each other, but we are. So, you know, this is my impact. This is is. finally after reading about you and talking with you in the the pre-interview, I got to asking myself, well, do I have any impact? Well, clearly I do. I mean, the podcast is, you know, the top 2%, but I still think I'm invisible. So there's that. (laughs) But the thing is, I've, this is my impact. I get to mm-hmm. meet you. You become my mentors. You share your stories with literally the world at large. I call that impactful. So I started looking, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And I'm making a career change quickly mm-hmm. because of it, because I finally went, Denise, own your story. 
own yeah. your own story. Quit going, oh, that was fun. Got to go now. Bye. And then I go back and build the website. <laughs> Yeah, it's time for me to recognize the importance of, of what we're doing on this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way I would look at that, even though you are an introvert and you are making such a bold move, congratulations, by the way, keep it up. <laughs> I'm going to gonna keep on going. Yeah. I love what you I do. Are, yeah. And you are already setting the standard for other introverts out there who want to make an impact, who want to do more, and they don't know what to do. They can say, hey, wait a minute, Denise is doing this and she's an introvert. If she can do this, I can, and they would start to pay attention to you even more so that they can learn from you. And in addition to that, you are also creating a massive impact because you are creating a space or providing a space for not just women, but for other people out there to share their message. So you are the, the connector of us to the people out there. <laughs> Thank you. I just wrote that word yeah. down, connector. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and... You know? I mentioned earlier that your story, your story, my story is a connector between you and your mm. ideal clients. Let's expand on that a little bit. Mm. Sorry, I was so into what you were saying, but your story and my story. Could you repeat the question? Yeah, we were talking in the in the pre-interview about how mm -hmm. your story is a connector and you use that word and I caught, I just latched on it right away between yeah. you and your ideal clients. And it has oh, yeah. been for me. I mean, I, you know, earn clients from this podcast. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. get to listen. I get to meet people again from all over the world who yeah. become good friends. We share Christmas cards. We, you know, my oh. cat gets Christmas gifts from people who have been on my podcast. I've read their books. I mean, every person who has come on this story, on this the show definitely impacts me without question and that connection I think is what is so important it is important because think about this if you don't share your story there is no way you are going to connect to the people out there who need what you have to offer right so simple Simply sharing your story, it's like there are people out there who are assigned to us. There are people out there, literally, people out there who are stuck where we once were. And I told um, a client of mine this just recently when she was trying to get some clarity. I had to show her, your ideal client is the previous version of you. The old exactly. version of you. So the only way, the ideal way for you to connect with them, for they to be able to see you as the person they need to work with, the person they need to reach out to and book a call with, is for them to know that you are, that you were where they are now so that they can see themselves in your journey. And that can only happen if they know this. And how are they going to know it if you don't share it? So by sharing your story, you allow your ideal clients to identify you and to connect with you through your story. They are going to see themselves so clearly in your story that you are going to be the only person they want to work with. And it's true, it happens all the time. 
It, it really does. You know, because listen, as humans, we are storytellers. That started mm-hmm. with cave drawings. It started you know, before we had the written word. It's you know been handed down from generations to generations. We it's are true. storytellers. That's how we we create our history. That's how we share our history. It's also how we connect with others who have interest. You know that we mm-hmm. find what they're doing interesting, or they're speaking to our heart. Yeah. They've written a great book. Whatever it is that they're doing, whatever it is that reaches out and grabs you, storytelling, I think, is a huge part of how we connect. And sometimes that is how people decide if they're interested in you or not. If they are <laughs> interested in anything else you have to say. <laughs> Only when they are able to identify that connector. That's exactly right. So tell us, I mean, I know I mentioned at the beginning that you had created your own business and you've got all these, let's talk about your business because sure. once you hold yourself away from the bleach bottle, that just freaks me out. I have to tell you, and I don't <laughs> think it would have killed you. I think it would have destroyed your throat, but yeah, me it too. would have hurt you very, very badly, but you probably would have had to have lived with that. I'm guessing, I don't know, but just the thought of, I'm, I'm clutching my stomach just so, you know, like, oh God, but right. you know, you pulled yourself out of that. You decided to go for gratitude, which is very clear in the way you speak of yourself. You decided to go for happiness, changing your mind on, I would guess, a regular minute by minute business, uh, moment, if that's what it mm-hmm. takes. Because, you know, people say, oh, and you're going to laugh at me, but people say, I'm having a bad day. And I instantly just rear back and go, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. A bad Ooh. day means it's constant. From the moment you woke up to the Ooh. moment you went to bed, you had a bad moment. Change your mind. Get over it. Do something different. Take the dog for a walk. You're not having a bad day. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, there are moments where you really are. You mm-hmm. have experienced a really catastrophic thing. That's a bad day. But for the most part, if you're just going to whine and say, today's I'm having a bad day, I am not going to have any sympathy for you. Just not. You can change your no, mind. Because you are speaking that into your reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I- my friends the people around me started to get so annoyed with me because of that. What you said, to, what you would say to that person, I would do that to myself as well as the people around me. Like if I was the person that said, oh, I'm having a bad day, I would actually be like, oh, no, 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 no. I am having a great day. And I, I would just start to attack that negative statement. I would literally start to attack it right away. And then I would laugh at myself. (laughs) People around me would laugh because I would do them the same thing. But that is what happens when you realize how powerful you truly are. When you realize you have the power to craft your life, to mold it just the way you want it by using your words your thoughts your actions your emotions you want to keep things a certain way so I was so determined to transform my life that I was no 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 I can only say positive only think positive only speak positive but 
being human, you know, the little negative would slip out occasionally. I would always counter it with something positive. Like I was trying to erase it. <laughs> I love how you're laughing at yourself because every once in a while I'll decide I'm just going to have a hissy fit. Why not? You know, it's been a while. I'm going to have a hissy fit. <laughs> you just can't do thing. it for long. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it out of the way. I mean, I'll schedule it. I've got mm-hmm. five minutes to have this fit. I do got my schedule everything but once I start really having something's really bugging me or I just I can't put my finger on why I'm so irritated Mm -hmm. so I'll start stomping around and I stomp and the cats get out of my way they're like oh geez (laughs) she's gonna step on it and after a while I'm watching myself and laughing because I am so ridiculous so you know, laugh at yourself, stomp around, have a fit, yes. have a hissy fit, give it five minutes and three minutes in, you're like, okay, I'm over this. I can't sustain this. I'm yeah, so yeah. stupid. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I do it all the time. That's funny. But, but yeah, when I started like that and eventually things started to, to change and when things are shifting in your life so like oh wow you know you're going to keep doing what you're doing but eventually you get to a point where you are just amazed like just amazed so my business started officially because people started noticing me first I got invited to radio shows the next thing I knew I was hosting my own radio show the next thing I knew (laughs) all of this came from sharing my story The next thing I knew, I had my own television show. Fast forward, now I have this beautiful, amazing location-free business that I get to do, that I don't even feel like I'm working, but I know I'm impacting lives. I know I'm making money. I know I'm adding value. I love it. And the official part of business really started when people started inviting me to speak at events. And that's when I really decided, you know what? I love this. Oh my God, I love it. So I started speaking at events. Then I started coaching and then I started writing books. And now it's so much more than just a business. There's a, it's a nonprofit. It's a network. It's a community where I get to connect with so many different women all over the world just to provide support, accountability, community, uh, trainings. It's so good when you can take what you have to offer and give it to people who appreciate it and are putting it to immediate use. And you are seeing people blossoming from that. It's like having children of your own children that you never give birth to <laughs> I can imagine I can't believe I just said that <laughs> no but I listen I I get it I meet people that I would you know I'm thinking why are we talking like oh there it is there's the story mm. okay now we're friends you yeah. just never know who's going to wander into your life for whatever reason and really become part of your story you become part of their story you just don't know so always I guess my thought process there is be alert be aware Mm. when people are coming to you or listening to you or asking you that's happening for a reason it is 
but I still had to laugh at myself, dear, when I mentioned children, because I have no kids of my own. So I had to laugh at myself. I have cats. I'm a cat herder. <laughs> so I, really I took a shortcut. Oh, there you go. I took a shortcut. My husband has two adult kids. Ah. So I became an automatic mother to adult children that don't live with us. But on the plus side, I got four grandchildren. So I'm a granny. There you go. <laughs> and I bet you spoil them. Yes, whenever I see them. Yeah, that's your job. It doesn't matter yeah, if you're yeah. you're born or step. It, it doesn't is. matter. Your, your job is to spoil them. We do that with it you know is. friends' pets. It's like, okay, I'm the godmother to that dog. Don't tell me I can't give that dog a treat. I'm gonna do it. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> I have a friend that comes over and brings her dog, and I have a bag just for Eric. They're Eric's oh. treat. My dog doesn't get them, and she knows it, and her little face just falls like. Only Eric? Yes, only oh. Eric. Yeah, you're already spoiled. It's you know, we just build lives in our own way, I guess. Can you tell me in mm -hmm. without mentioning any names, but do you have any case studies that have really just kind of stuck in your mind where somebody came to you and they were just kind of where you were? And where are they now? Okay. Now just to clarify for anyone listening. People who are stuck, their story doesn't have to be similar to mine in any way. It's just that they know they have something to share and they want to find a way to do, to do it, right? Even though their story might be completely different, they can still use whatever they have, whatever they know, their experience to build. So the one I would share, all right, yes, I have one. I had to say any, many, many more. <laughs> but there was a client of mine who, growing up, she never liked the way she looked, including. Oh. She was always insecure about her body, the way she would dress and all of that. And she got older and she's really into fashion now. So being into fashion, she makes her own clothing. She sells clothing. But her business has been at a slump for a really long time. So we had, we did a discovery call and then she came on as my client. And when she shared her, st her story with me, I had to change it around completely and share it back to her. And I showed her how her story of being insecure and lacking confidence in her body and how she dressed and she didn't like her ankles and all of that, how that was her signature story. And that is her connector to her clients as to why she is known as more or less a fashionista now. So from being so insecure, not knowing how to dress, yet building your own confidence finding your own path and going into the same thing that you didn't like at one point in time, that you are now styling other people, helping other people build their own confidence through the way they dressed, dressing for success. And she was like, wow, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I can't believe you didn't see that. And she's oh, like, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew I you had... Don't. Yeah, we don't see ourselves. We don't see our own story. Exactly. 
But now her business is doing so well because she went from just selling stuff online in an online store to now she actually does personal she actually goes and shop for people she would dress them for particular events and she she's just booked out now let me put it like that I even had to tell her I have a conference coming up in November that I needed her to dress me for she just asked me a couple of questions because she knows me by now she just asked me a couple of questions and told me she has some ideas and she'll send some um, some pics for me. <laughs> See, I love that idea. <laughs> I mean, and I the think beautiful that's a thing, great story. And the beautiful thing is with people in her community, she is from Savannah here also, with people in her community, she can physically go with them to, to shop at certain stores and show them how to dress, right? But with other people, she does it online now. And that was only because she implemented her backstory into her business because nobody knew that before. But now people are looking at her and when they hear her speak at events or anything, they are able to be like, wow. So rather than just looking at what she has for sale and not seeing any specific item to connect with them, they would now reach out to her and let her know, listen, I have this issue. This is my problem. Can you help me? And she would work with them to show them how to dress for their body, for their body type, for the style they look, they're looking for. And when she transforms you, you would swear you an instant million bucks. I would love to see when we're done, you need to send me her website. I would love to see that story. Um, so what else that, you know, you talked about the importance of owning your story and that's a terrific story. What else has happened in your business? Oh, oh, I know. I don't want to tell you. I wrote down a note when you mentioned Les Brown earlier and I kind of, Ooh, I will be part of a, a very large virtual event at the end of this month. And he's going to be the guest speaker. They just uh, got a note yesterday. Les Brown will be here. He'll be in the house. And I got all excited. Girl, did I tell you I finally got to, to tell him that? Thank you. No, tell me. <laughs> so one thing I always do when my business is concerned, one of the biggest secrets I learned for massive success in business is, is to invest. So I invest heavily in my business, in myself, I should say. So I invested in this mastermind at the beginning of the year. It was in January. And I knew, I found out later on that Les Brown would be there. I said, oh, okay, that's nice. Now it was an intimate mastermind with about it, there wasn't even 30 people. It may have been about 25, 26 of us. And he came out and he was sitting like just a few feet in front of me. And I just looked at this man and I smiled and I shook my head. And I said, wow, look how life just goes full circle. So when he was asking questions, he wanted to find out what we had to say. And he pointed at me before I even raised my hand. And I smiled and I stood and I said, I need to tell you something first. <laughs> and I give him a little piece of my story and I told him, I said, thank you. 
Thank you for answering the call on your life. Thank you for being obedient and doing what you, what, what was planted in your heart. Because had you not done that, even though you didn't know me, I know that what you bring in the world was so that I can hear what you had to say. That distraction that day was just what I needed. So thank you. And he bowed and he came and he hugged me up and we took some photos. And it was so emotional for me because I can remember what it was like sitting on that floor thinking about the best way to take my life. So finally being able to thank him like that and be in his personal space and just embrace with him, it was, wow. I would never forget that moment. And I have the photos to remember it. <laughs> you know, I don't believe in accidents. I think exactly. they because they're supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're going to happen, honestly, if you're paying attention and if you're mm. welcoming if you're not, if you're closed down and you're not really paying attention, things are going to just zoom right past you that you should have just yeah. said, hey, whoa, 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 come back, come back. I'm not, come back. Yeah. But I've had to learn in my lifetime to pay very close attention to something that may just not seem all that important, but all of a sudden it's very important. So just yeah. be aware, be aware of who is reaching you, how you are reaching other people and there's that word again impact how are we impacting who is impacting us you know if you're allowing people who really are just kind of garbage people and they're out there if they're the ones that are spending the most time around you one way or another they're impacting you not in a good way get away so and i just went off on another little tangent there but i'm excited a friend of mine (laughs) who's and you're probably not an NFL fan I'm not either but a very no. dear friend of mine yeah it's like really football no <laughs> but a very dear friend of mine is known as the dean of NFL referees his name is Jim Tunney and he's you know very famous for being the best referee ever in fact Frank Sinatra would never watch football unless Jim Tunney was was being the ref he just wouldn't unless really? he, yeah he, if, unless he was on the field Sinatra went and did something different, but he wasn't going to watch football. But I have these long, I've known Jim for years. I'm helping him to write his autobiography. I've done his websites. He's a very good friend. He's also a client. And we have almost daily conversations. He's 94 years old now, runs circles around. He knows Les Brown. And he has told me some wonderful stories about Les Brown back in the day, because they were both part of the the speaker circuit. And he said in the very beginning, Les didn't know what he was doing, but he learned real quick. I said, he did, because look at him now. He, I remember in one of his talks, he said when he was at a convention and there was a guy on stage and he was talking and he found out how much money that guy was paid to come and give that talk. He said, I know I can do that. Right. <laughs> and he has done that. So, you know, he was he in the secret. I know that um, Lisa Nichols was, but I don't remember if Les Brown was. No, he wasn't. I saw it a long, long, long time ago, but I do remember Lisa Nichols. Okay, so we've got about 10 more minutes. Well, this is Aww. what, <laughs> I know, it. I've 
told you this is the quickest 60 minutes on the internet. What other challenges have you faced along the way and how have you overcome them? The biggest challenge I think I've faced is imposter syndrome. Oh God, you and me both. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that for another four hours. <laughs> I know, right? And and the thing is, when you're going through it, you think it's only you, but I think everyone go through their own type of imposter syndrome. But for me, it was more along the lines of my accent, my Caribbean accent. But it's and coming from oh, thank you, <laughs> coming from the Caribbean and living in the U.S. and wanting to build and become successful in this field. I started to shrink myself and talk myself out of it so much because I hated when I would tell someone something or I would ask a question and people would literally be, I'm sorry, what? I can't understand you. Oh, you're kidding. Yes. Now, if you lived where I live, which is in the middle of Cajun country, you could say that and it would be true because when I first landed here a hundred years ago, I've been here for really most of my life. I remember being in a grocery store and there was this man talking to me. And I remember talking to my husband, turning my head and looking at my husband saying, what language is that? And he said, that's English. I said, nope, nope, it's not. Mm -mm, nope. It's a very, very thick accent. And it took me about a year before I could actually understand much of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your accent is gorgeous. The Cajun accent is interesting it's fascinating but it ain't purdy i'm just gonna say it <laughs> that's fine. but it took me a long time to talk myself into forget not letting myself be held back because i mean yes i was doing i was building i was growing but there were other things i wanted to do like go full speed ahead in speaking I was holding back from that part of business because I didn't want, I had this fear actually that I would give this amazing speech. And when I was finished giving my speech, no one would know what I even spoke about. I would applaud nothing. And for some reason, that picture kept coming up in my mind whenever I would think about applying for speaking events and but the moment I convinced myself, I just started to go back head speed on myself. I started to work on myself, work on my mindset. I convinced myself that what people were actually saying is true. And the, mom and the moment I started to do that, to shift my own mindset, that is when I started being told by more people or started realizing because maybe it was happening all along, but because I was focused on the negative, I wasn't I seeing much of the positive. So what, yeah. So now I decided that, you know what? I have a beautiful accent. You Everyone do. loves to hear me speak. And I'm going to speak every opportunity I get. And because of that, I'm the recipient of the prestigious EPSI Award for Excellence in Professional Speaking. All because I said yes. And I refuse to be held back anymore by that fear, which is a part of imposter syndrome. And the rest is history. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. I mean, you worried about your mm -hmm. voice. I can't stand my voice. 
And you I'll tell a lovely voice. people say that I don't hear it, but if I accident, I never go back and listen to my podcast. I you was should. there. I was part of the conversation. I just don't go back and listen. And if I do accidentally hear myself speak, I, I just go, Oh my God, to me, I sound like I'm about to burst out with happy birthday, Mr. President. I think I sound ridiculous. No, so I, just, I don't see. go listen. See, I know. And I have believed that mm -hmm. all of my life. Mm. That's another thing we have in common. <laughs> and uh, imposter syndrome. It really does bother me. I'll hear myself. You know, I talk to my cats. I talk to the cupboard. I talk to the ceiling fan. <laughs> I live alone. I can do that. I'm not insane. And I'll hear my own voice and go, what the hell? <laughs> Who is that? You know, it's me. Let's be real, Denise. I think we all yeah. talk to ourselves. Just let's just not answer. Okay. Oh, well, now you tell me. <laughs> so great. <laughs> well, shoot. <laughs> so, but you know, you're right about <laughs> imposter syndrome. We get stuck in that. We really do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. So at some level, I've had to get over it. But yeah. I still don't like it. I really don't. And for those of you who are listening, no, I am not a buxom blonde. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's interesting the things that we think about ourselves that just are not mm -hmm. true yeah yeah uh i remember i think was in april i spoke at this conference in dc and when i came off the stage and we had a little break during the conference a couple different women <laughs> told me Oh my God, I just love your accent. And when I got on stage, there's this part of my talk where I would ask them to repeat something after me. And they were like, I love your accent so much. I was trying to speak like you. Oh. <laughs> and you, listen, we don't know what we don't know. I was on a, a, a mm -hmm. teleconference, a, a Zoom call not too long ago with um, people who had flown in from Saudi Arabia to be at a friend's house they were and it's a very big deal that they were doing but they have four people and an interpreter the interpreter turns out was not needed and oh. you know i i showed up and you know they asked me to introduce myself and you know i don't have a camera on my phone so nobody's going to see me anyway but one of the women and these women were beautiful these people they're they're just beautiful and I made the mm. comment and introduced myself and I said, ladies, I have to tell you, you are gorgeous. I know you can't see me, but I feel like I should have at least brushed my hair before I got <laughs> on this call. And one of them popped up and she was so excited. She said, we heard about your voice. We're so glad to hear your voice. I was like, really? <laughs> Just, I'm still shocked by that. I was like, Really? <laughs> you just we don't know what we don't know so again i'm going to go back to listen to what other people are saying listen to how they're responding you responding to you listen to how you are impacting them and you're going to find out that your imposter syndrome is lying to you for the mm, most part time. Mm -hmm. listen we are out of time um, suzanne where can people find you well, I'm going to make it easy. Just go on social media and look for the woman to woman coach. I'm sorry, at woman to woman coach. And there you would see me pop up. And my website is also very simple, woman to woman coach.com. 
once you get there, you'd be able to find my network, woman to woman network, and we'd be able to connect and have some fun and share together. Thank you. Tell us very quickly about your academy. Woman to Woman Academy is all about empowering women to leverage their story, their life experiences, and their voice to build their own profitable business so they can live life on their own terms. It's for women who want more out of life. So maybe you want to make an impact, you want to do something, you want more than just the average life, but you don't know what that is. Just look up Woman to Woman Academy or hit me up on social media and I would book a free discovery call with you and make sure you are a good fit and give you all the information. Suzanne, thank you. It has been really lovely speaking with you, even though I'm not going to have any voice left in the next 10 minutes. I've loved (laughs) adding with you. So before we wrap up today's episode, if you've enjoyed today's show with Suzanne and found her insights helpful, please leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Your feedback does help improve and reach more people on their own success journeys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, excuse me, and share your partner in success radio with your friends and your colleagues. And thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one. Suzanne, thank you. It was lovely spending time with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Denise. I appreciate it. It was so much fun. And what is said about your voice is absolutely true. <laughs> See, now I have to go gargle because <laughs> I don't have a voice left. But thank you. And I felt, you know, when I first heard yours, I was like, oh, I want to be able to do I can't. But <laughs> we all have our own sound, don't we? But I think you have a lovely voice as well. So thank you for being here. And I will talk with you again soon. Alrighty. Enjoy. Thank you. (laughs) Podcast. Contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 